Hey, what's going on, man? See what's going on. Um, good news was that Jack Smith was appointed special prosecutor to indict and imprison Trump like Jack Smith did, apparently, with Milosevic, another war criminal, and Merrick Garland had to bring Jack Smith back from The Hague. He's a war criminal prosecutor. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 I bet. Trumpy Von Schittler's shitting bricks right now. Which is a good thing. He should be shut the fuck up and turn himself in. Uh, what's this? Melania Trump delivered terrible news that ruins her life. Hmm. I'm heading to my Christ second so, Christ always does this. It's always a fucking disappointment. It's never so close that great. Right. The news that old Donnie has Donnie. just with a brand new maneuver by Merrick Garland who picked a special counsel to oversee the investigation into him. Both a the war ones at crimes J6, prosecutor. The one aimed at the documents at his home. This is a big development. A rock star. A lot of debate, frankly, on people who think the move is a smart one and it's a sign that things are getting bad for old Donnie. And I've seen others about fucking time and sort of being weak and punting the decision. But the reason I think it's actually a good thing is by the reaction of Trump and his family and his lawyers and many observers in the media, both liberal and conservative media. Because make no mistake, after this happened, Trump and his lawyers and his family have been sobbing their eyes out and dreading this oh, decision by Merrick Garland down at Mar-a-Lago. And they are losing their minds. I Donald wish. Trump is having a live tantrum as we speak because of this. And you can even hear it on Fox News where they sort of say that this is only happening because there's big things afoot and it's all <laughs> Donald Trump's fault. Well, we've been hearing rumors for the last couple of weeks that the Department of Justice has been batting this around with the appointment of a special counsel. The announcement no. of okay. Donald Trump for the 2024 election may have sped that calendar up a bit. The, the things that we're gonna be looking for besides obviously who will be the special counsel will be whether there's any tipping of the hand as to the scope of the investigation. The, the January 6th uh, controversy uh, is, is going to be a difficult you know, area for the special counsel because the speech itself, in the view of many of us, that Trump gave uh, was protected speech. And the January 6th committee really didn't come figure? up with any direct evidence that we could see of a crime yet. It's really Mar-a-Lago that... I would be most worried about if I were on the Trump team. And that team may have to change. Once the special counsel is in the field, uh, it could complicate matters. Because everyone on that team who has overlap with these controversies, whether it's the riot or Mar-a-Lago, uh, are going to be potential We're all going down. So it will complicate things as well on the Trump if side, I can not help just it. on the Garland side. But one of the things that we also will be looking for is whether the attorney general gives any sense of 
by the time frame that he's looking at. My guess is that he won't. This should move more quickly than the Mueller investigation. If it's Mar-a-Lago, this is a very finite set of crimes, a finite amount of evidence, and a finite number of witnesses. Uh, it should not take an exhaustive type of investigation. There are real risks here for the former president. thing, John, mm -hmm. and that is you wouldn't have appointment of a special counsel unless they felt that there was a there there. I mean, they, 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 Garland clearly a rock star prosecutor. Ha ha. You're fucked, Trump. Going down, motherfucker. A, uh, focus here. Um, that is not good news uh, for Donald Trump or the Trump team. Uh, they can't count on this thing going beyond 2024. Uh, this is a much, as I said, bigger the shithead and the harder they fall. Concrete set of facts than what Mueller was dealing with in the Russian collusion investigation. Uh, so you can hear there, they're saying like, you know, Fox again, they're, they're sort of turning against Trump, but you know, even here almost mournfully in a way, they're like, well, you know, this is all his fault. Every step of the way, he had off-ramps. He had off-ramps to just not take the stuff and give back the stuff and then like three other chances to give back the stuff and he never did and he kept on antagonizing and kept on being a giant a-hole in the media and in inciting private. violence and against the at. fbi said, there's there's a there there and because there's a there there and that's Matt why garland. this is a big deal again if garland was simply winding down i don't think he does this he would just hum and ha for a few more weeks or a few more months and then announce something, you know, no charges, put on a quiet press release. And we would all be furious, but that's how it would end. Sort of like what Bragg did, where he didn't even really announce anything. People had to quit, and they sort of winded things down quietly with the criminal investigation in New York. But now, things are different here. And you can hear another expert we often cite say that now they think it's even more likely Donald Trump's going down for this. Former uh -huh. U.S. Attorney Barbara McQuaid. And Barbara, can we talk a little bit about the timing of this, obviously, after the midterms? Uh, but having said that, I wonder what you make of this and what your reaction is, and in particular, about the timing of it all. Yeah, a couple things. You know, the uh, special counsel uh, regulations say that the Justice Department should appoint a special counsel either when there's a conflict of interest, I don't think that's present here, or other extraordinary circumstance. And I think it was that second factor that Merrick Garland relied on here in this appointment. Um, it sounds like I agree with Lisa from the way uh, he chose his words, that Jack Smith is going to come in and simply oversee the work that's already being done by a team of prosecutors. So it's not reinventing from scratch. It's just a new person to report to. He can get up to speed simultaneously while they're doing their work. But the one thing I find most significant, Chris, is you don't need to, to, to appoint a special counsel just to decline a case. You don't call in a Jack Smith, someone with incredible credentials, incredible reputation, pull him out of the Hague to do this work, unless you think there's a very high likelihood that one of these cases is going to result in charges. So that's my read. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you suggesting that maybe it's close? Um, I don't know whether it's close or not close because I think the timing was probably dictated by Donald Trump's uh, announcement. Um, but I do think that the likelihood that it will happen uh, is higher than I might otherwise have thought, because you don't need to appoint a special counsel if you're simply going to walk away from the cases. So what they argue there, in effect, is that the news today is not a bad sign. Some people are saying it's a bad sign, but it isn't from her perspective, because it underlines the seriousness the guy they picked, 
how quick it's going, assertions, you know, you know, you know, people making it clear that it's not going to slow things down, this is not a delay, but really kind of a continuation, a baton passing, if you will, and I think that's a big deal. People think that, again, the reason you do this is that things are actually heating up. If you were winding down, you don't bring in an internationally renowned prosecutor known at the Hague for taking down literal war criminals if you're just going to let this slide willy-nilly. And this is why the Trump team is freaking out. First, you had his son, one of the Trumps. So a Trump is freaking out on social media, calling this communism, and they're shrieking about it. Here's why they're freaking out. Okay, back with us now, we have Evan Perez. Jessica Schneider, Paula Reed, and Ellie Honig. Paula, I know you recently spoke to President Trump's uh, attorneys about this, and Caitlin Collins has some reporting that Trump's lawyers had been dreading this prospect. Why is this so, um, you know, why did they have trepidation about a special counsel? Well, to be clear, there are two investigations here. He has many lawyers working on each of them. I spoke with one of the attorneys who's working on the January 6th investigation, and that is, based on our reporting, considered to be less of an imminent legal threat to the former president than the facts as we know them in the Mar-a-Lago investigation. So this attorney who's working on January 6th said that this was an interesting choice. There's two questions, though, were who will be the special counsel, right? That's the question of, of the hour. And then what would their mandate be? Specifically when it comes to January 6th, they assume that it will include any involvement or any potential charges for their client, the former president. But what about his close associates? Will that also be something that the special counsel will be overseeing? Is that also something the attorney general believes is too politically fraught to continue to handle? Or are they just focused on the former president because he is now a candidate? Now, on the Mar-a-Lago side of things, it sounds like the lawyers on that side have been dreading this because this also suggests that this investigation is not winding down, it is not winding up, that it will continue. There's a lot of outstanding questions in that investigation, including the sorting through of, of classified material, of privileged personal material. There are other issues, bigger issues being litigated through the federal court systems. We knew this was going to take a while. But by appointing a special counsel, they have sent a message that particularly the Mar-a-Lago investigation and January 6th, they are going to continue there, possibly even ramping up. So it's not great news for the president's attorneys. We'll be the first ones to tell you that they were kind of hoping things would wrap up soon. All right, we just got the two-minute warning uh, while Paula was answering that question. Uh, Ellie, let me bring you in on that uh, question of what this means for uh, Trump and uh, his team. Well, I don't think it makes an indictment any more or less likely than it was. Otherwise, the Justice Department, normal prosecutors, the regular rank and file there, were already well into this investigation. Ultimately, they had the power to make a decision. Now what this means is they're going to bring in some outsider who makes the decision who will have some more independence than a typical prosecutor from the attorney general. So I don't think it makes a, an indictment any more or less likely. The special counsel doesn't necessarily have any special powers that an ordinary federal prosecutor wouldn't have. But the idea here is to create, to, to mitigate any potential conflict of interest. And I think Jeremy's reporting that it, it appears the Biden administration, the president himself, the White House, did not know this was coming. I think that's a really important point because DOJ, in my view, should be operating independent of politics independent of the White House. And so it appears DOJ, Merrick Garland, has made this decision to appoint a special counsel on their own without consulting with the White House, without consulting with the president. And if the whole point here is let's get rid of any appearance of a conflict of interest, then that's a small... So what they're saying, guys, is very clear. The reason the Trump team is dreading this, the Trump and the Trump lawyers and the Trump family are dreading this, 
is because again, it's a ramping up. You don't do this unless you're nearing the end. It's sort of like how a few weeks ago, when they brought on that special investigator, the guy who had investigated, among other things, terrorists and things like that. And a lot of people thought, well, why are they still bringing people on? Shouldn't they be really gunning to the finish line? And what a lot of folks said at that time was you bring on big hitters at big moments to make big plays. And that really is the epitome here. And again, you might personally disagree, but Donald Trump and his team are freaking out. Again, he did like a, a recorded phone call where they recorded his words, they transcribed them in writing. So it's a written recording of this phone call Trump did with Fox News Digital. And he said that he's, he's you know, this is an injustice and I'm not gonna participate. And you could hear the, like, the, the anguish in, in, in the writing. Like this guy is scared right now. He's freaking out at Mar-a-Lago because this special counsel means the thing isn't over. It's just beginning.
Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Rods. Let's see what else is going on. Jared Kushner just dropped a massive bomb. Which I'm curious. Being Denny. So what was... She didn't get kicked out of Herschel Rock Walker. Buffalo buried under snow. Hmm. Hmm. Michael Cohen and Brian Tyler Cohen shred Trump's dress through announcement. That sounds great. Five hours ago. This popular benefit is giving anyone not on Medicaid-free dental care, but only if you live in these 17 states. Many Okay, so Brian. I hear that since Katie Hobbs officially won in Arizona, thousands of bots are going absolutely fucking nuts on Twitter, saying shit like, do not concede. So, Elon Musk, by the way, if you're listening, because I know you're listening to the show, it's time to fix the platform. All right, and Brian, look, you've been an outspoken critic of Carrie Lake. How do you think that she's going to play this loss? Because as of this morning, she is yet to concede. Yeah, I think she's going to play it in exactly the same way that she ran her campaign, which is on denying the election results. But here's what I think is the most important thing to remember about all of this. Like Josh Shapiro says out in Pennsylvania, it doesn't matter if Carrie Lake decides to concede or not. She doesn't choose the winner unilaterally. The voters chose the winner. They did choose the winner. It's not her. That's it. I mean, like, the media it will probably make a meal out of this, just like they always do, just like they've done since the Trump days. But... Who fucking cares? Who cares if Carrie Lake doesn't concede? She she lost. That's it. Like, what she says now is completely irrelevant. She can throw this temper tantrum. She can, you know, uh, traffic in her delusions as long as she wants to. That's her prerogative. But the rest of the country is going to move on and uh, and live in this reality that we put that, that, that is objective. Sore loser. It doesn't matter what Carrie Lake does or doesn't decide to do. So it actually does matter. Right? It matters because that's the process. Yeah, justice matters. I remember when I spoke before the House Oversight Committee and I stated um, the transfer of power, right? That Donald Trump would never transfer power if he lost. There is a certain process that we have all become accustomed to, which is 
when you lose an election, you do the dignified thing for the for the future, for the for the institution itself. I, I agree with for that. For the peaceful transfer of power. You see, if she does what Donald is going to do. And again, she's become like the darling of the far right. And I don't think we've seen the end of her either. At some point in time, there might Somebody be had the terrible idea of her running for vice president with Trump. That can do the same crazy shit, right? That, um, you know, Trump did with the January 6th insurrection. I, I agree with that. I, I agree that that there is a pro that that there is something to be said for these people who do follow the process as it should be followed. Let me let me say this: the voters clearly came out and delivered the clearest message that you could possibly deliver against all of these high-profile election deniers running in every single battleground state. There wasn't a single election denier in a battleground state running for governor or secretary of state who won their race. And so, if Carrie Lake. Let me just say this from a political perspective. Uh, if Carrie Lake wants to traffic in this shit, then she does it uh, knowing full well, and, and whoever comes after her, they do it knowing full well that the voters reject and repudiate exactly this kind of behavior. So she does this at her own risk. If she wants to traffic in election denialism, uh, then, then she does it knowing that there's no audience for it. I mean, there's a minority of people, but there is still a majority of people who believe in democracy. Uh, we have this coalition made up of Democrats, independents, and Republicans who basically delivered as clear a repudiation as you could possibly get that if you're going to do the election denialism thing, you're going to be rejected by the voters at the ballot box. Yeah, and look, I totally agree with you. However, let me just, again, press on here. One of the things that is being floated around out there is that she may be a potential candidate as vice president if, in fact, Donald Trump does announce that he's going to run in 2024. I mean, they've been floating that as his potential running mate. This is very dangerous because not only do you have an election denier, um, but you have the denier-in-chief at you know running for the helm of this country. I'm not really sure that I'm comfortable with this craziness. And yes, she lost in the state I, of Arizona. I get that. And that's good. And you're right. It is a complete repudiation of this. Not, it's not just about the election denial. It's also about the fact that somebody like Carrie Lake didn't even have the human emotion to make a statement about Paul Pelosi after he was attacked with a hammer. She couldn't bring it to herself to turn around to say that this is wrong, like the way that the Democrats did for Steve Scalise and others who were attacked. It's wrong, but she can't even say that, which my big fear is that people like her will just continue to cause more divisiveness in this country. Ah, did you know every time you scroll on Instagram, you're helping an artist make uh. passive income? Yes, you could be helping an artist just like you make money it's in there. And, and they are. And they will until the moment that the party more broadly recognizes. And I think I think that they're recognizing no, it now. Talking. But they will continue to it's follow that incentive structure until the moment that they realize that it's not electorally She's viable for them. And again, like, we're now a f several elections in where Republicans are constantly 
losing their seats. I mean, they've been losing state legislatures. They've been uh, they've they've been losing seats in the Senate. Uh, they just barely caught clung on to uh, a majority in the House. But but more broadly, what we've seen over the last few years since Trump's election is that uh, that while this might have worked momentarily in appealing just to the farthest fringes of that base, just to the most to the to the basest forms of, of our political system, it's it's not working anymore. And so yes, we will have the Carrie Lakes of the world, but I can guarantee you that in 2024, uh, we're gonna have fewer of those people because these people want power and they're not getting power if they keep running election deniers and people like Carrie Lake and people like Tudor Dixon and people like, you know, uh, uh, Tim Michaels and, and just all of these, all of these people who weren't able to uh, reach any type of critical mass and they want to get elected. This isn't this isn't about anything other than taking power. And if they're not able to take power with the candidates that they're, that they're running, then they're going to change course. There's no incentive for them to continue to run power. these people if they're going to continue losing. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll have these Kerry Lakes. We'll have these shitty fucking people um, that I don't doubt at all. But. I think the message that we're sending, uh, like I said before, is that there are enough of us, not just on the left, but just a pro-democracy bunch, who are going to show up to, to make sure that these people don't take power. Yes, except, again, that somehow, somehow the media and the base of his supporters, I'm talking about Trump, are still reporting that he is the kingmaker, that he is the you know, leader of the Republican Party. Now, I know that there are plenty of Republicans out there that do not acknowledge this, that repudiate the idea that Republicanism is Trumpism, uh, and that Trumpism has now taken over the entire Republican Party. I think that they are as interested in getting rid of him, right, as Democrats are interested in not seeing Trump involved for this 2024 election. Some people might be. Look, if, if Trump runs, if, uh, if, if Trump Trump is going to try to run, and and by the way, he'll likely be the favorite until somebody acts. You know I, know, I know that we're all writing our postmortems for Trump and saying that Ron DeSantis is the heir apparent, but until somebody actually comes out and, and takes a swing at Trump, nobody's going to take him down, right? Like, it's not us in the media or on the left, especially, who are going to decide that Trump is, is, uh, is done. It's going to be either Ron DeSantis or anybody else on the right. Or the voters. Or the voters. And, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, Trump Trump will run. He, he will run, but... Uh, nah, I still, I still don't buy it. No. I, I think tonight, I think what we'll, what he'll do, and I, guess I could be wrong, I hate to prognosticate, especially because by the time this thing airs, it'll already have happened, so I'll be wrong or I'll be right. But I think he makes an announcement that they're opening up an exploratory committee. I cannot see him, and I, again, it's just my opinion. I can't understand why in the world would he make the announcement today. First of all, it's two years plus out from the, from the election, and it's like 18 months or so from at least the beginning of an early campaign start. If he thinks that that's going to push other people out of the way, we already know Mike Pompeo has said he's going to run. You already know that Chris Christie will probably run again, just because he can. You already know that, uh, that what you would call it, um, you have 
Ted Cruz said that he's going to run. Liz Cheney said she's going to run. Uh, I mean, there's so many people out there already. Ron DeSantis will probably run. He's certainly not just going to walk away. So what's the point for him to turn around and to think that he's going to own the party? I don't see it. It also hurts him with his super PAC because he can't raise money for the super PAC anymore. I think it's probably twofold. I think he does. I don't think he cares about uh, Chris Christie and Liz Cheney running. I don't think those are his priorities. I think his priority is making sure to get out ahead of Ron DeSantis and try to consolidate support before Ron DeSantis comes out. That's clearly the only person that he has any concern about. The second thing is I think that he's under uh, this notion, this mistaken notion, I should add, but a notion that if he's able to declare his candidacy, that he'll officially be, uh, you know, the the, the Republican nominee and a, ma a major enough political figure that any investigations will try he'll try to um, he'll try to undermine their legitimacy by virtue of saying that the DOJ is just going going uh, going about their investigation to attack me because they don't want the Republicans to win in 2024. Um, even though even though he, he's saying that anyway, so it doesn't matter whether he announces his candidacy or not. But I think it's just one more excuse for him to to, to try to manipulate his base into thinking that that's the mm -hmm. truth. Totally agree with you. I, I think he thinks that there, he gets a stay in all of these cases, uh, which of course I know some of the lawyers that are around him, and some of them are for the you know relatively decent lawyers. Some of them you know are just complete batshit dumb, but, you know, uh, it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. He knows the truth is that that doesn't help him. So let me ask you this then. Were you surprised that so many election deniers were not elected in the midterms and that the stop the steal MAGA Republicans were in general not popular with voters? Because my question is really, what happens to those MAGA folks now? Do they just fade away? They just fucking disappear into the night? Do they rebrand themselves? Where where did the MAGA movement go from here? Yeah, so to answer the first part of your question, to be perfectly honest, yeah, yeah, I was surprised that they all lost. I mean, my, my biggest worry and the reason that I was filled with so much dread going into this midterm cycle, like we're all this dread on a daily basis is because I knew that if Republicans had won this election, knowing full well that they predicated their entire campaign on election denialism, that that would have validated their strategy and that that's all we'd see moving forward. It would it would basically spell the end of democracy. If these people ran on denying the legitimacy of democratic elections and won on that platform, my God, could you imagine what 2024 would look like? Not just uh, Not just in terms of more candidates running, but those very people refusing to certify any wins that were for Republicans. It, it, like, I don't know how to say this that doesn't sound hysterical, but it would have signaled the end of democracy, in my opinion. Um, so, yes, I was definitely surprised that that was the result. At the same time, it's heartening to know that, you know, in some of these races, 10, 15, 20 percent of Republicans switched over and joined a majority of Democrats and a majority of even independents uh, in voting for these Democrats and rejecting these election deniers. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think that I think that no matter what I think Americans recognize that no matter where you stand politically, everything is predicated on the foundation of democracy actually working. So if you care about any issue, whether it's climate change, whether it's low taxes on the right or the left, whatever the issue, it all relies on being able to have a voice in what we're doing. And if you ele if you elect people who don't believe in democracy at its core, then all that goes out the window. Um, so that, that I think, was just the, the main story of, of this election. As for where 
the MAGA people go now, I don't think that you can fake this stuff. So I don't see a viable path for them to get elected moving forward. I don't see how Carrie Lake, after being such a crazed fucking MAGA lunatic, can like rebrand herself a moderate. People, people will be able to see through that. People see through their phoniness regardless. I mean, you have someone like Dr. Oz, who people see as such a phony, such a fake. Um, and, and he was rejected at the ballot box. And so then when you have all of these MAGA people who predicated their entire campaigns on showing just how, how loyal and, and, and how, much, how much fealty they can, they can show to Donald Trump, they're not going to be able to turn around and say like, oh, well, you know, we should run our campaigns on uh, uh, fiscal responsibility now. It's just it, like people aren't going to buy it. This is, this is who they are. This is who they've made themselves out to be. I don't think that there's a path back. I think that they'll try and they're going to hope that, you know, if there's a Trump run in 2024 that they can ride his coattails into uh, into a victory in some of these swing states, battleground states. But for the most part, I think that people have spoken. I think the Republican Party, if they, they know in the, in the in the elite ranks of their party that if they want to win, that they have to do everything they can and put all of their money behind people who are more sensible, more moderate, because those people want power. Let's not forget what this is all about at the end of the day. They, they don't give a shit whether it's... Trump, they don't give a shit whether it's uh, the, the most moderate Republican in the world. They just want power. And so whatever their means to get that power is going to be is what they're going to try to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they made a devil's bargain with Trump. I, I believe that they made a devil's bargain with Trump a few years ago because they said, okay, look, if he's what gets the base riled up, if he's what's going to bring us to victory, then, then sure, we'll, we'll suck it up. Yeah, and, raise the, and raise a ton and a half of money. Raise and a ton somehow of money. He's, managed, he's managed to raise a ton and a half of money from people who are legitimately the lowest income earners in this country. And I just find that to be so telling. I mean, it really is unbelievable. You know, I see like uh, David Pakman, I watch, uh, you know, sometimes his uh, Instagram videos and so on. And when he's interviewing some of these people, you really have to wonder, where do they get the money for all the paraphernalia? The hats, they're 50 bucks, the shirts, $40, the, you know, these gigantic flags, $150. I mean, being a MAGA supporter is not cheap. This fucking guy knows how to fleece anyone, including the poorest Americans, so that he could pay for his 757 to be overhauled. I can tell you, it, it is not cheap. Just look at it, you take a look at the, the prices that they charge on these things. What bothers me the most, though, about all of these folks is that they don't have disposable income, and yet they're just parting with it, and they're parting with it. I hope it's under the notion that that they know that Donald gets to keep 90% of every dollar that they donated from his, to his super PAC. You know, I got this, um, I, I, every day I get dozens and dozens of text messages from Don Jr., from Herschel Walker, from, you know, from Carrie Lake, from every, every one of these magas, uh, from Eric Trump, from this one, from that one. And it's funny, I've never seen this before. I've seen these donation forms, I don't know, 30 years. I've never seen one that starts out at $3,250. And that the lowest amount of money that you can give is like $400. And again, I go back to like, you know, Pacman's things, and I look to see 3250. That's like two months worth of these people's rent. 
I mean, it's really crazy. And Michael, that's that's like a recurring theme here, right? Because if you look at the biggest legislative achievement of the Trump era, it was a tax cut for millionaires and billionaires. That that those same people who are on the lower ranks of of uh, the economic ladder are cheering on because they got some crumbs from that. I mean, that that's what the Republican Party really is at the end of the day. It's it's a party of that 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 kowtows to the ultra rich, to millionaires and billionaires and has the people at the lowest rungs of the economic ladder doing the heavy lifting for them so that they can deliver those gains. Pay for all that shit, exactly. Yeah, they're totally crazy. So look, same for Trump. His endorsed candidates were generally not elected, and many, the truth is, many weren't qualified anyway. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was like maybe one uh, candidate that Trump had endorsed that, that, one, I was, I got to think of the name, but today, in Indiana was the only, it, uh, was the only correct. election, but it wasn't even a battleground. I mean, it's, it's deep right in Indiana. Right. Absolutely. Now today, as we were talking about, he's supposed to announce this presidential run for 2024. And okay, like I said, we'll see, we'll see what he does. But how does Trump come out of this and expect to run again for president? And just, if he runs, I'm not sure that he even wins the primary. I believe that he's going to have significant opposition. I think the midterm results show that his popularity has waned significantly since he held office and even post January 6th. What's your position? You know what's what's so funny about all of this is that the way that Trump nothing, Brian, nothing. But the, the way that the way that Trump works, and you'll know this better than everyone, is that everything he does is completely transactional. And yet now, because he's lost his utility in that party by virtue of basically being an albatross around Republicans next in this midterm cycle, all of his candidates that were running in, in close races lost. Um, he's lost. He's lost all of his utility. Now people are dropping this end of the transactional deal. Like, they don't have any need for him, and I don't think he's able to stomach that. But the irony of that is that that's how he's run all of his dealings for his entire life. I mean, you'd be able to speak to that better than anybody on the planet would. But it really is funny how, for the first time ever, it's, it's come back to bite him. Basically, exactly what he does to every other candidate is now coming back to bite him. Well, look. That's the problem with Donald, and you you nailed it. It's all transactional. There is no thought. If you ask him a question, and even if he doesn't know the answer, which is most questions, he has a knee-jerk reaction, a guttural instinct on what he thinks. And generally, the way that his gut works is a bit because it benefits him. So not every issue has to benefit you, but that's not the way that he sees it. If there's a topic, if there's an issue, he's always looking to see how I can get the most out of that. And that becomes the problem, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Brian. I believe that he shot himself in the foot with doing the things that he did. And again, you know, we'll see based upon what the results of the favorability uh, polls that are now all coming out about Donald, because my understanding from reading some of the earlier 